0: Welcome to Climate Force, conversations with climate change leaders from the 21 Acres campus in Woodville Washington. My name is Becca Jordan. 21 Acres is an agroecological farm and LEED Platinum certified education center focused on tackling climate change through regenerative practices, green energy, and local food systems. Got Climate Despair? this podcast is for you we'll be letting you in on some of the conversations that take place every day on our campus with people who are channeling their passions into climate solutions we'll be talking about the impacts of climate change that we're seeing on the farm in the sammamish river valley in washington state and the role food and agriculture renewable energy and other sustainability efforts can play in building a greener and more equitable future come, learn, eat, and grow with us.
1: I always say, like, what, what are you passionate about and what are you good at? And can you merge those two together? Um, and so it's harder to get so distraught when you're doing what you can.
0: In this episode, I sat down with Kelly Rankich, our very own 21 Acres Facility Manager. She talks about her efforts to keep the building up to the highest sustainability standards and her current green home building project. We'll also talk about Washington's new energy code that went into effect in 2021 and its implications for homeowners in the state. Nerd alert incoming. Before I met Kelly, I didn't know anyone could obsess about the details of energy use and certifications the way that she does. Keep listening if you're looking to peek into the world of energy codes. Kelly, what
1: is green energy? I like the term renewable energy myself. So renewable energy uh, is, comes from sources that are not finite. Fossil fuels are finite. So in, uh, renewable energies would be things like solar and wind. And um, my favorite renewable energy is to be efficient. So uh, efficiency is the first renewable energy.
0: You've been kind of working in waste management for a long time. You're currently working in building management. Why did you get interested in sustainability? What, what interests you about it?
1: Well, it started way back when I first learned about the depletion of the ozone layer. And so that has kind of segued now into um, a more a, a consequence that's right in our face, which is global warming. Um, and so I've gotten interested in trying to figure out how my, my skill set and my passions can be applied to help this issue that we're facing, this climate crisis.
0: Um, and one of those one of those passions that you currently have is that you're building your own green home. yeah, what has that process been like?
1: It's been really fun and very challenging. So I want to incorporate every single sustainable um, idea that I can. I'm going to go, I think I'm going to go for the five star built green certification, and if not, then I want to go for a net zero energy home. And so I want to use it as kind of a showcase of of what can be done. And um, the motto is to build tight and ventilate right. So um, the tighter that you build, the less uh, energy needs uh, your your building or your house will have. You talked about net zero. What does that mean? That means that your house doesn't need um, more electricity than it can produce. So building an energy efficient home and then using renewable resources such as solar Um, to provide the energy that your home needs.
0: Are there homes that are currently doing that?
1: There are um, a number of net zero homes in the area, and you can find them if you look online, and you can learn about all the different ways that people have gotten to net zero in their homes. Um, What I'm trying to do is make my home super tight with structurally insulated panels and um, highly efficient appliances. Uh, And then I have, my roof will be south facing so that my solar panel should provide all the energy that I need. Uh, along with some backup battery storage.
0: You also are the facility manager at the 21 Acres LEED certified building. Is 21
1: Acres a net zero building? Not a net zero building, no. Um, We have a lot of systems here that use um, electricity, and so we are are on the grid. um, And then in the summer months, uh, we can give electricity back to the grid from our solar panels, Um, But our panels over the course of a year provide about uh, 18 to 20% of our energy needs. So we're not net zero, but we are definitely an energy efficient building. And we're also, um, this building is also,
0: I want to say 10 years old Mm -hmm. now. Mm -hmm. Um, And some of the technologies that were implemented at the time were truly groundbreaking. And a lot of those technologies have either lowered in cost or perhaps it shifted into something else that people are building their buildings with now. Um, What technologies does 21 Acres have that holds up and what has um, been outpaced by advancements in the industry?
1: I am continuously impressed with the technologies that we have here. So they were very, very cutting edge at the time. And so they are still very current and relevant, but they could be, um, you know, like for example, our heat pumps could be more efficient now. There might be units out there that um, are more efficient than ours. We use um, a ground source uh, geothermal loop for our heat pumps, and then our the thing I'm looking at right now is our backup um, hot water heater. We use a domestic um, hot water backup that uses natural gas, and so that's one of the things that I'm striving for is to figure out ways to get our building um, fully off fossil fuels, and so. Um, Replacing our natural gas backup hot water heaters first on my list for that.
0: You've been, um, you and the facility, the whole facilities team have been doing a lot of retrofitting and fixes. What, What are some of those things you've been working on recently?
1: Well, unfortunately, with climate change, our building, um, and it's gotten so, so much hotter that we intend, intentionally did not have active cooling in the building. We have a lot of wonderful things like passive solar and solar shades, and uh, the building was built into a berm. But this past summer, we realized it's just not going to be acceptable to not have active cooling. And so we are looking into retrofitting our um, heat pumps and to provide uh, cooling in our radiant floor system. That's one of one of the many. We've also looked at our ventilation systems. Uh, things times are different um, between COVID and the wildfire season. We had to make some adjustments to our the way our building ventilation system operates as well.
0: A lot of those features that you talked about as being um, groundbreaking at the time were also used as part of our LEED certification. LEED being. Leadership. US,
1: oh, the leadership in energy and environmental design? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> what does that mean? Um, and what, what are, is the value of LEED?
1: Well, uh, at the time we got LEED Platinum status for our building when it was built 10 years ago. Um, and that's a, a certification that you get at the time of building. And you, you don't, you you've set a lot of things into place at that time, but you don't have to prove anything. Um, After that, and so what I really want to do is get the building recertified, and it helps show that we are leaders in this field and that we do care, and that not only did our building, what was our building not built to lead platinum certification levels, but we are continuing to operate at those levels. Um, And the U.S. Green Building Council has made it um, a little—I wouldn't say easier—they just came up with a system for buildings to recertify. So. Um, and we do that by giving them all of our data. So I'm uploading a year's worth of energy, water, waste, uh, human experience, and transportation data right now. And so um, so rather than, this called a um, performance pathway. So we will be able to show that our building saves energy and is energy efficient and water efficient, um, rather than like telling them that we have a geothermal
0: heat pump. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Instead of um, saying, oh, our building is going to save energy, that's the way we can actually prove, yes, here's here's the amount of energy that
1: we're saving. Exactly. Yeah. And that helps promote green building. Um, I don't think people, people, they need that actual data and they need the, the numbers. They need to know, why are we doing this? It, it is, you know, it can be expensive investment up front, And it's the return on investment and energy savings and obviously the reduction in greenhouse gas emissions and the effects on climate change that matter. But so the U.S. Green Building Council is like really trying to collect all of this information and show people the benefits of green building.
0: One of those pieces of the LEED certification is human experience. Yes. That's not something that I would have thought of. What is that?
1: So one other benefit of green building is um, that that wasn't talked about early on was like the, the effects on your uh, living and working in a healthy environment. So not breathing in toxins, um, having natural lighting. Um, and so one of the parts of the, the human experience data collection was a survey of building occupants. So uh, I sent that out and my coworkers completed it. Uh, And another part is measuring what's called volatile organic compounds in the building to make sure that the air that we're breathing is healthy. Um, And the third piece of that was about the the ventilation system and making sure that um, we don't have excessive carbon dioxide levels in the building.
0: What's that process like for recertifying? Your So you said you're uploading all the data, Mm -hmm. and then what happens after that?
1: Um, Then they're going to look at the... then they assign points. So we get points in those categories. So again, energy, water, waste, human experience, and transportation. And so um, they'll look at the points and how we compare. Um, A lot of it has to do with the square footage of your building and how it is used. And we have a very, it's a 12,000 square foot building with very unique um, uses because of our market and high refrigeration downstairs. And then we have our education kitchen. So we're kind of a, a combination of a public space and a grocery store. Um, So they'll look at our comparison of our energy uses and water uses compared to what a typical um, grocery store or public assembly building would, would use, and then they rate us based on
0: that. Do you know what our human experience score is? Or are we a great place to we, be? Yeah, we are a great place to be. Yeah, so we got glowing,
1: <laughs> glowing reviews from everybody. So,
0: what are, some of the things in the transportation score, I know we have a shower on site mm-hmm. for staff who are biking to work, walking to work. Um, what are some of those other factors?
1: Yeah, that, and, and that went into our original um, our original certification was having the, a bike rack, for example, in the shower, like you mentioned. Um, we have um, electric vehicle charging stations. Um, and We also have an electric vehicle that employees can use. So all of those things went into giving us those points on that um, transportation score in the beginning. And now they're looking at how many riders do you have in your car and what distance are you commuting from? So that's part of the survey. Mm -hmm.
0: I know a lot of us are commuting in our cars, so we're probably not doing too well on that front.
1: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) I live close by and I walk every once in a while, which is great. But but I wanted to go back on the the comparison of um, our building and how we're doing. Um, So we upload our data to the Energy Star portfolio manager. Um, and what Energy Star does then is look at, again, looks at our square footage and our use, and they calculate out our energy use intensity, and that's a number that is, basically it's the sources of energy that, any energy that you use. So it could be off-grid energy that you, or I mean grid energy that you purchase. Um, it could, it's natural gas that we use here in the building, and it includes the solar that we use. So that's energy we are using even if it's from a renewable resource, and then they divide that By our square footage of the building so we're running at about 50 Um, our scores are right around 50 which is the same as a um, public assembly would be whereas a grocery store would be around like 200 so we're doing so we are I mean the point being that we are doing well even though you know we are we're not net zero um, we are incredibly energy efficient so mm-hmm.
0: because of all the refrigerators that we have we do use a lot of energy for those mm-hmm.
1: exactly yeah mm-hmm. so some of the things that we are working on are changing our light bulbs out to LED lights and um, we are looking at getting more solar panels to increase the renewable energy that we do have on site and then trying to see if we can what we can do to electrify the building with the few sources of natural gas that we still have here
0: Can you talk a little bit about energy monitoring? You recently wrote about our e-gauge system and how that helps you determine what's what's functioning well, what's not functioning well, Mm -hmm. um, where energy use is going. Can you talk about that? Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, it's one of my favorite, favorite tools that we have here and and one of my favorite things to show on our green building tours. Um, Our e-gauge system monitors a number of circuits in our building and um, we it's a display that I can check, and I can go on my computer every day and I can toggle different pieces of equipment on and off, and I can tell how much um, energy the dishwasher used or how much energy our um, ventilation systems using. Uh, so I've been using that to diagnose issues. So I've been trying to figure out um, the right ratio of ventilation to use for our building. Um, considering COVID and considering uh, the the wildfire season, but not um, use too much energy at the same time. So I can get hour by hour, minute by minute um, information from eGage and exactly what our blowers are using for energy and and make some decisions on that. Um, Or I can catch my coworker forgetting to turn off the dishwasher because I see uh, energy use happening overnight. So um, it it can help change behavior, help change, you know, modifications to how you operate equipment and can help you identify if something's broken or not working um, and, and figure out where your, your biggest uses of energy are.
0: Yeah, I guess it's it's hard for a lot of people who are interested in, I want to reduce my energy without knowing how much energy they actually use.
1: Yeah, or what that one might look like. I call it going for your, your biggest bang for your buck. It's like, you know, what What are those easy, low-hanging fruit things that you can do that are going to make a big impact? But you have to have the knowledge um, to to be able to do that. What are the low-hanging fruit things? Uh, Well, I've talked to um, an HVAC person, and he said that the first thing we should all do is put on a sweater when we're cold. (laughs) (laughs) um, But yeah, so lowering your thermostat and putting a sweater on, um, that's super easy. That doesn't cost any money. Uh, And then lowering your um, hot water heater if it's set too high. Um, You can swap out light bulbs uh, to LED. These things are all, like, super easy looking through that will have a really big impact on your home energy use.
0: Speaking of certifications, um, I wanted to talk about the Washington State Energy Code. Yes. That is another energy code that just went to, into effect in February uh, that is required for all new homes. Mm-hmm. Commercial buildings as well or just Commercial homes? as well, yeah. yeah, and
1: additions. So it's the what just went into effect in February was the 2018 version of the Washington State Energy Code. And Becca knows I got very excited learning about it. Um, I had to learn about it for my own home build. So uh, I started, I just got super excited about how, um, I don't want to use the word aggressive, but it's just very, you know, it seemed very cutting edge, and I was surprised at, at how innovative the code was for what, you know, I felt like the rest of the country might be doing. And so I started Googling and researching, and sure enough, it really is, the Washington State Code is very innovative, and um, we're, we're one of, about nine or ten states that have an ener- have adopted an energy code that's as stringent as our code is, and it's going to have a really big influence on the efficiency of the homes that are being built and commercial buildings.
0: What's in that energy code? What are when we're talking about energy code? What do homes have to do to meet that code? What do they have to prove about how they're? Running the home,
1: yeah. The I know a lot about uh, the residential code. I have to say I've I less uh, knowledge on the commercial code because it's not as applicable to my job here at the moment. Um, but the residential energy code um, has what's called a prescriptive pathway. So I talked earlier about the performance pathway, where you submit your data of how you're how you're doing, how efficient you are. This is called the prescriptive pathway, and so you you have little boxes that you check and you say what you're going to do. Um, And there's a number of categories, and you need to earn points. So it depends on the size of your home. A small home needs three points. A medium home needs six, and a larger one, I believe it was nine. And then you have to go down this checklist, and it shows you how you're getting your points. Um, A lot of it has to do with your your building envelope and how tight you're building, uh, how uh, the insulation values and what your windows and doors, um, their U values are. Uh, and then there's a lot about your efficiency. So what you know you get a lot of credits for using a heat pump. Um, and then um, if you have LED lights and energy star rated appliances, you know you get points for all these different efficiency um, areas. And then the last category is all about renewable energy. So you can get points if you uh, install solar panels or other forms of renewable energy on your home. and And you must, you have to get these points. Um, in order to get your, your building permit approved.
0: As you were reading through the new code, what's kind of the most exciting change that just popped out to you in the updates?
1: I am super excited about the idea of heat and energy recovery because the greatest thing about the, um, the greatest uh, idea in the world of sustainability Um, is the closed loop system and the idea that there is no such thing as waste and so I was just that that's one of the things I thought was really innovative about our code is it's incorporating heat recovery systems and so there's a few ways in your home there's three of them that I can think of off the top of my head and one is um, you get points for installing a drain drain heat recovery for your shower. Somebody was like, well, that's gross if you're gonna recover your shower water. You're not actually recovering your shower water (laughs) and reusing it. You're recovering the heat that's going down the drain. And there's a heat exchanger and it uses it to preheat the cool water that's coming back into your shower. So that's one. And then the other, there's two more. The other one, one of the others is for dryers. So um, I talked to some some clients that live in Europe, and this is not a new thing for Europe, but um, ventless dryers are the the latest thing, and you get a lot of points um, on your um, your checklist if you use a, a ventless dryer as part of your, your appliance package. And there's dryers that are now recapturing that heat that would normally get exhausted out of your, your dryer, and we all know that's a huge amount of heat loss. Um, that's normally just going right out to the outside ambient air. And then the third um, heat recovery is um, the new idea for ventilating homes. So if you build your home tight, you need to ventilate right because your home isn't going to breathe. And so they're installing (laughs) um, uh, heat recovery or energy recovery, recovery ventilation systems. So as you have to draw all that heat out of your, or all that air out of your home, they actually take the heat out of it or the energy out of it and they put that back into the air that's coming back in, the fresh air.
0: You are building your own green home right now, mm-hmm. post-February 2021. So you are required to match up to this Washington State Energy Code. Have How has that process been?
1: Well, lucky for me, I, I care about all these things so much that I'm doing every, I'm making every decision that I can based on my sustainability goals, regardless of the energy code. Um, so I need, and I'm building a small footprint house. So I only need three points and I'm estimating that I'm going to get six and a half.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So you could be a commercial building. (laughs) So
1: yeah, I just, just all the things that I care about. So I'm going to incorporate them regardless. And, uh, and part of my motivation is to just get, uh, get things like a little more, the more people do them, the more people do them. Um, and so, you know, I'm finding that if I if I do things and I talk about them and I incorporate them into my life even if I'm just talking to my friends or someone I run into at the grocery store it matters. And so um and, and things just kind of become more of the norm. So I want to and do things in my home that will help influence others to do the same.
0: What do you recommend for homeowners who are building their new homes today or for homeowners who are maybe wanting to make their old building more green?
1: For sure. I am um, gonna. Add, the, the latter is a good question because um, that's there's just more people right now that are in existing homes. So um, the, the heat pump uh, technology is definitely the first thing I would look at doing um, if I were in an existing home and wanting to make it more energy efficient. So ways that you can either heat, cool or um, heat your domestic hot water more efficiently would be the first, especially if you're already if you're using a fossil fuel in your home right now. Um, these uh, heat pumps are incredibly efficient. You'll, you'll, your return on investment will happen, um, and your home will be healthier. You won't be um, the potential to, to breathe in um, unhealthy air from the combustion of fossil fuels will be, will be gone.
0: What good news do you see happening um, either across the country or in the state or locally um, towards climate change, climate action?
1: Yeah. So, well, in researching the Washington State Energy Code, and I tried to figure out how how it got there and how how we got to be where we're at, um, I realized that there's this challenge out right now um, for people to get, for states to get to net zero by 2030. And so some of these codes are getting really aggressive. And as we're seeing the much more immediate impacts of climate change than we realize, they're actually kind of upping their game even more. So... um, What happened was they set this kind of baseline year of 2006, and they want to get to, um, well, Washington State wants to get to a 70% reduction um, in energy use over those 2006 codes um, by the year 2030. And then a lot of people are signing on, organizations and states and municipalities, to try to get to net zero by 2030. And they're, you know, they're being aggressive and, and they're, they're writing the code and they're adopting, um, you can adopt, um, it's called a stretch code where you, a state could adopt this net zero into their building codes. And it just gives everybody a guideline to how they could get to net zero. What is, um, could you talk about just green energy,
0: green buildings in relationship to food systems and how does it, affect our food systems, how are food systems affected by transportation?
1: It's funny. I, I kind of think about it the opposite way, how, how our food systems affect transportation. I mean, I, I love that 21 Acres supports um, local food systems because to not have all of that food on the road and not have all that extra refrigeration need. Um, and to to be able to support local farmers in our area um, and and produce food that's right for the climate that it's being grown in, um, that those all have huge impacts um, on climate change and reduce global um, greenhouse gas emissions.
0: How does green energy affect food systems? We're talking about reduction of transportation shorter supply chains so not as much carbon emissions being spent on transportation and refrigeration and refrigeration is Mm -hmm. another big one Mm -hmm. yeah um i know like refrigeration is a huge issue for farmers because they just have to get stuff refrigerated
1: as soon as possible they have to get it to market as soon as possible so that it doesn't go bad yep and that's something that's a huge um, mission here at 21 acres is to support local farmers um, in that. So we have um, what's called this the food hub here. So farmers can bring food here and we have a highly efficient um, refrigeration unit that they can store their food in so that it can then get redistributed out to other markets. Um, and we've also helped support an off-grid uh, system that relies on solar energy and renewable energy for for that refrigeration.
0: I'm going to throw you a surprise question. Um, we're all talking about climate despair right now because of recent reports that have been coming out and it's probable that we are not going to be able to lower our 1.5 degrees Celsius increase in the next few years. Um, and we're getting a lot of people who are just despairing about our climate and what impact it's going to have on their lives do you have climate despair, first of all? And and what do you what do you do when you have those those thoughts?
1: I, I don't necessarily have climate despair. I, I'm incredibly passionate about about these topics. And what helps me when I start to get a little angst <laughs> is to know that I'm doing I'm doing the best that I can. I really I have thrown myself into this world and Uh, I I always say like, what, what are you passionate about? And what are you good at? And can you merge those two together? Um, And so it's harder to get um, so distraught when you're doing what you can. It's when you're sitting by and not doing anything um, that I get a little more distraught. So what
0: people can what can people do?
1: Well, that, there's so many, there's so many things, and it, again, it, I think if you just look around, like what I, I like people to just pick the one thing, like what really matters. You know, do you care about the orca whales, or do you care about recycling, or do you care about, you know, um, promoting renewable energy, and and then just dive into that, like figure out what organizations are out there that are doing the work that you would support, and figure out because you don't, you could be a bookkeeper, or you could be You know, helping plant, you know, trees or reforesting, you know, native areas. Like it is what you could take whatever your skill set is and apply it to that to that topic.
0: Yeah, I really like what you said about like what is your passion? Because our human brains are just incapable of comprehending the amount of work that needs to be done around climate change, right? Yes. Yeah. It's overwhelming. But we have each other. We we that's why we have community, that's why we have different people who are passionate about different things. I'm really passionate about food waste and composting. (laughs) (laughs) Reducing as much food waste as possible, composting whenever possible. Um,
1: Yeah, I like what you said. Yeah, Yeah. because it helps you from feeling so flustered and frazzled and spread too thin, you know, figure out what that one thing is and go for it. Okay,
0: well, good luck with your home build. Thank you. We will have to check in and you'll let us know how it's
1: going. Yes, definitely. Yep. Yep. I hope to blog about it shortly. So keep everybody posted.
0: All right. Thank you. I'm going to let you get on to maintaining our beautiful
1: facility here. Thank you, Becca. All right. Okay.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of Climate Force. To learn more, visit 21acres.org or join us for a tour on campus. We hope to see you soon.